Hey, Jay, it's Brian. Hey, I listened to Diary 79, and uh, I, th- I think in terms of upcoming roleplay rescue season, I- I'm sensing it's almost it's almost like the big, either the big plot twist or the, the coming full circle. And it's very interesting to me is that, you know, after all this time, it's now maybe this season where you have to save yourself you know that that all of this time for saving others it's come back to figuring out that you are the one that needs saving or <laughs> at least needs a bit of the focus and and actually i i think that is uh that that's really interesting because i think the different stages that you go through when you talk about either solo gaming or or trying to change how you prep or the world you run they're all very helpful and they help me think about things differently Say the real life fills up your days, and you don't have time to play. Well, midlife is the best time to start a new role playing phase. And you need a rescue. Jay's coming at you with a rescue. A role play rescue. Jay's gonna help my friend. Let's sit down to game again. Hello Rescuers! My name is Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our lost roleplaying hobby. It's been a while, but here I am, back at the mic, and ready to kick on with a ninth season. And it's wonderful to hear that amazing theme music, written and performed by the incredibly talented TJ Drennan. I am eternally grateful to TJ for injecting my show with his creative energy. Thank you, TJ. And let's also thank Brian from the excellent Have to Look That Up podcast, also here on Anchor, for calling in and essentially helping me to crystallise the theme for the first episodes of this season. Brian was responding to some questions I was asking the Roleplay Rescue patrons in my additional show, The Dungeon Master's Diary, available via the show's Patreon, aired a couple of weeks ago around what on earth to focus on for this season. I've arrived at a place of change and growth. I have recently turned 50 years of age, and I'm beginning to wonder if I'll ever become the game master, referee, and creative world builder that I have been meaning to get around to becoming since I was about 10 years old. Having experienced a mental health crisis in November 2020, I've also had to learn to let go of a load of old and unhelpful patterns of thinking and rechart my pathway back to the hobby. Essentially, I've needed to put all the theory and discussion shared on this podcast over the past couple of years. I had to put that into action. The irony is that today, I am myself in need of a rescue. Today, I wanted to talk about the first step I've had to take on the road to recovery. And from there, I plan to record sequences of episodes in short sprints, a useful concept that I learned from taking some steps into bullet journaling, and focus around the ideas and actions that have helped me the most The hope is that by sharing my journey of rediscovery, I'll perhaps inspire you in some small way. This is Season 9, Episode 1, One Game at a Time. I suspect that I'm paradoxically both very much like you, but also utterly different. I feel like that paradox lies at the heart of the human condition, and it makes it genuinely interesting to be around other people. That said, I am deeply introverted and usually pretty private as a person. 
there is an inherent tension in being a podcaster that makes talking about my personal experiences slightly weird. But then, to help me speak, I have to remember the wonderful truth that while superficially we each seem alike, we are also deeply unalike. Look around you in the workplace, I work in a high school, and you will see diversity. Every face is unique and all of us are a particular combination of genetic coding that determines our appearance and, well, so much more. What is easy to forget is that we are all unique on the inside too. Our mental worlds or emotional experiences, our memories, even memories of events shared with other human beings, are unique. None of us is the same person and none of us has the same brain, the same patterns of thinking, the same emotional encoding as any other human being on the planet. Just by being here, we've won the lottery of life. Each of us is amazingly improbable and yet incredibly here we are. If you're like me, maybe you're also wondering what the heck you are doing here on planet Earth. I seek meaning. Ever since I was very small, I wanted to understand why. Weirdly, I found more answers in the circle of gamers that I met at school, and by extension, through more than 40 years of interacting with gamers that I met at university, through work and the wider community, more answers from these people than I ever expected. Tabletop role-playing games are filled with deep meaning and significance to me. While they are pleasant distractions from the mundane world for many people, they are something more for me. Perhaps that's my unique feature, but I don't truly think so. I have met other gamers who appear to derive deep meaning and also a deep sense of belonging through this complex game in which we pretend to be different people in fantastic, even impossible worlds. Yeah, I have a lot of fun at the table, but it's always been more than fun for me. My parents worried that my interest in tabletop role-playing games was unhealthy, and I think they might even still believe that what they labelled as an obsession stopped me from becoming what they hoped I would become. Unbeknownst to most people, tabletop role-playing games have long been my safe haven and a major outlet for creative energy that would otherwise have consumed me. I am far healthier as a gamer than I would have been had I not rolled 2d6 at my friend's house to discover the Traveller role-playing game sometime around age 6 or 7. Had I not opened the RuneQuest box set a few years later and taken my first steps into New Fantasy World, I don't know that I would be who I am today, for good or ill. Warts and all... This is me talking to you about how tabletop role-playing games have repeatedly saved me as a human being. I am a believer in play. I am a convert to the sacred circle of storytelling. I am a journeyman on the path that leads to the fantastic and the wondrous possibilities of the human imagination. And the first thing I want to share with you is that it's very easy to get lost while you wander that path. I have a huge role-playing game problem. Over the years, I've collected more books than our house can contain. Consequently, I believe I have sold more gaming tomes than I currently have stacked shoulder height across two rooms of my house. I have read many of them too. 
My brain is always busy. I am deeply curious and always keen to learn. The word the late Barbara Scher coined is the term scanner to describe a general type of mind that I, like millions of other humans, share with a myriad of interests and obsessions. Always looking to the horizon, probably originally seeking both to be alert to dangers that might threaten the tribe, and also on the lookout for new opportunities to bring back to the community, as a scanner I am mentally, internally, very busy. Like a bee that flits from flower to flower seeking the nectar, sometimes stopping for just one moment to take what it needs, but other times stopping for many minutes, my mind moves from interest to interest and absorbs all it can, sometimes staying only a short while and other times deeply investing time in learning what I came to learn. This makes me a natural problem solver. It has helped me develop a deep vein of creativity within my soul, and it has made me deeply curious when it comes to the human experience. I teach philosophy, religious studies, and ethics for a living because it has been the only socially acceptable channel that I have so far found for my mind to do what it does best, ever watching, listening, reading, thinking, questioning. This is my inner experience, and it's glorious now that I have oh, very recently found this label and begun to learn that it's not a deviance or aberration but amazing gift but here's my problem as much as I am hungry for all the experiences that surround me and we live in the most abundant society that has ever existed choice paralyzes me bringing that down to the gaming hobby those books have overwhelmed me with choice and very often I don't know where to turn next from the word go, back around 1977, I was aware that there was more than one role-playing game I could play. Between the birth of my hobby and when I went to university in 1989, we played dozens of games across many, many settings. I think that I always wanted to play every game in existence, but given the exponential growth of human knowledge and thought, that desire was probably already impossible before I even left school. Think of the growth of the role-playing game scene through the 1980s alone and you'll begin to see the challenge for someone with a mind and curious hunger like mine. University and my early career in the 1990s got in the way of actually playing, but I never stopped collecting and reading. And when I discovered a new table of friends in 1998, having moved to Nottingham for a promotion with Games Workshop, Things accelerated in my tabletop experiences. My modus operandi became to buy, read and then try to bring to the table every game I could. But my players didn't want one-shots. They wanted campaigns. I would promise campaigns, extended sequences of developing story that emerges from play, but rarely deliver. From this began a great churn of players that I have probably driven from the hobby through frustration with my ever-seeking, ever-changing interests for this or that game, that world or system. Last year, I was forced to stop. If you listen to season 8, you'll hear what was for me a painful tamping of the brakes of the engine of my hobby. I didn't realise it until long after the initial breakdown into anxiety and depression, weeks after the therapy had ended, and I was in fact back at work, not really. But the realisation came. I needed to stop. I needed to prune it all back. I needed to move, one game at a time. As I record this, I had already forgotten the truth of what I'm about to say. I was already starting to gear back up, winding up the engine, pushing on the accelerator, but 
I need to stop. I need to prune it all back. I need to move one game at a time. The biggest fear is the fear of missing out. What if the game I don't buy turns out to be the best game ever designed? Even though I intellectually suspect that no such game will ever exist, largely because I recognise that words like best are products of an unhealthy relationship with the world around us, I emotionally struggle with saying no to new stuff. I am, after all, built as a scanner, ever the hunter, ever the quester. And yet, I have discovered that there is much to be gained from going deeper rather than wider. Breadth is great, but depth is often so much richer, at least for me. My curious mind has begun to dig in deep. I have discovered that limitation can be healthy. One game at a time. There is nothing wrong with multiple projects, but at least right now I have found a deep reward in reducing the field and focusing in on one project at a time. I experienced tabletop role-playing games in three different ways. As a game master for a group of fellow gamers, as a player in a group of players, and as a player in a solo game. My limit is one game at a time in each theatre of my hobby. One game I am running, one game I commit to as a player, and one game I noodle with solo. When I'm healthy, that seems to give me the variety and richness of experience that satisfies my curious mind. When my health is challenged, it's easy to drop the solo stuff first if need be. I can also stop one of the others too, but I never need to stop completely, at least... I've never needed to so far. Perhaps you are similar to me, perhaps not. I don't know. What I do know is that it's possible to find space for this amazing hobby in our lives. It's possible to pick up one game and play with it. That's all you need to begin. Pick one and run with it. But I have also realised that there are multiple ways to enjoy this hobby. Not just in terms of the types of play and myriad systems, worlds, playstyles and people out there, but also in terms of how we engage as hobbyists. You can be a player, you can be a game master, and you can be a combo solo player GM too. Each offers different experiences and challenges. While I do feel I can make space for all three in my life right now, each of those personas needs expression individually. My recommendation is that you do your hobby one game at a time. I'm going to explore this further in future episodes, delving into each experience, player, game master, soloist. And as we lose along the path, my big suggestion is really that we carve out space for one thing at a time. If you have a limited space in your schedule for gaming, carve out a small singular space as a soloist. If you have a little more room and a desire to expand your circle of friends, step out as a player if you've got time to think and plan, plus a desire to create and share a vision for a fantastic world, well then maybe you can walk the path as a game master. But try to do one thing at a time. If, like me, you have space enough to do all three for a while, that's great. But do each one of them in its own discrete space in your week or your month. I play solo at the weekends on my newly cleared Sunday. I run a game bi-weekly as a game master, and I play in one game at a time, currently a game, bi-weekly. Sure, 
During the school holidays, I flirt with one-shots and small experiments in gaming, but I've learned that I enjoy this hobby most when I narrow my focus and choose one thing at a time. Maybe that's just for me. Perhaps I am just speaking about this one unique mind. All I truly know is that I learned this the hard way, and my hope is that by calling out into the world, sharing my experience, I can inspire someone out there to pick up their dice and come back to one game that they will enjoy. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe to this podcast in whatever podcast app you are using. Roleplay Rescue episodes are released on a weekly schedule every Saturday morning, but being subscribed will allow you to follow along much more easily. Thanks for listening. That's about it for episode one. Roleplay Rescue is sponsored by the generous support of a small but dedicated community of enthusiasts gathered together via patreon.com slash rpgrescue. Thank you to all of my patrons for their patient and long-standing support. As I record this, your funding pays for the Roleplay Rescue website and blog at roleplayrescue.com Plus, it helps me to provide free dice and D&D materials, including starter sets for aspiring teenage GMs, through the school club I run at work. Thank you for allowing me to do those things and helping to keep me motivated with speaking into the mic. I would not be able to continue without you. Look out for a bonus episode soon, gathering together all the long-standing call-ins from the tail end of Season 8, I'm going to experiment with doing call-ins in bite-sized bonuses this time around, separate from what will be shorter, tighter weekly episodes. And that's a wrap. Thanks to Brian for calling in at the top of the show. Thanks to TJ Drennan for the music. Thanks to Anchor for airing and distributing the podcast to a huge range of podcasting services. And thanks to you, the listener, for lending me your ears. I'm Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. It's good to be back. Game on.